together. I can just tell this is going to be a, a, a series, but the title uh, of this is Stand Your Ground. And I didn't tell mom that. She didn't pick that song out for that. Uh, that's just the song that uh, she picked out. But as I began to uh, use uh, the scripture, uh, let's go to Mark chapter 5. And uh, we'll begin in verse 21. This is a, a, a scripture that, and I wasn't going to go here because I've been teaching this on, uh, on our morning Bible study. I've been using this all week. We've been talking about uh, some of this, but, but I don't know that we've gotten to the part that we're going to get to today. Uh, but not all of you are able to watch or, or uh, uh, watch that High Call Ministry uh, uh, Bible study in the mornings. But uh, it, it'll tie in a little bit differently when, than the way I've been teaching. That's the amazing thing about uh, the Scripture is and the different scenarios and the things that God uh, lays out for us is the different ways that we apply it uh, and, and the ways it can fit into our life. But in, in Mark chapter 5, uh, in uh, verse 21, it says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to Him, by, and He was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and I'm using New King James this morning, by the way, sorry. And, uh, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Now, I'm, I'm not sorry I'm using the NIV, just that, or the New King James, but I didn't tell her that. She's probably putting the NIV up there because that's what I've been to. You, you dead New King? See, look, she's got the Holy Spirit. She just right on the money. So uh, anyway, um, so Jairus by name. Now, Jairus was a ruler. He was somebody who knew the Word. He knew the Scripture. He'd also been told by, uh, because the, the religious people did not want Jesus uh, being, you know, they didn't want to do anything with Jesus. And so uh, here in this Scripture, he made a choice to leave what his, those that were uh, the, the people uh, that were in charge of things at the time, they weren't excited about Jesus. They, they liked to downplay uh, the power of God and what Jesus was doing because it wasn't within the, the realm of what they, were, what they had been used to. It wasn't gaining and growing and doing what they wanted it to do. You know, I'm amazed at sometimes how uh, there's differences in ministries. You ever notice that? There's those that are more teaching ministries. There's those that are focused on reaching the lost. There's those that are help, helping the homeless. There, there's different focuses of, of ministry. And there's some who will begin to uh, attack almost th those that are doing really ultimately the same thing, but yet their focus is different. And so they try to differentiate in a negative way. Uh, you know, I, not everybody is called to do the same exact thing within the body of Christ. Now, we're all called to win the lost or win, win souls. That's, all, that's obvious. But, you know, um, uh, anyway, I, th I think it's there, there was some of that going on in this time that they were, they didn't want Jesus is out there doing things that none of them could do. And so they were trying to stop uh, what he was doing. And so Jairus was going, at, going against the grain to go to Jesus. But there was something that changed that, that made Jairus forget anything that was told him by anybody else. And that was his child was at the point of death. See, I, I find that where, when we're walking our, in our life and we're, we're walking through this life, sometimes it's the thing that is totally beyond our control that forces us to a point of finally turning to God. Finally deciding, you know what, I'm going to do the extra. I'm going to commit fully. I, I'm, I'm going to surrender my life because otherwise there is no hope. And, and that's kind of the where, where he was. 
At verse 23, it said, He begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Now, I'm, I'm talking about standing your ground. And, and one of the things that, that we're going to get to, main thing that I wanted to teach today was really out of Ephesians chapter 6, talking about the, the, uh, the armor of God. And, you, and we'll, we'll turn over there in a minute. But, but think about the armor that, that the Apostle Paul used in, in, that, in that teaching in Ephesians. He said, here's the armor of God. He said, stand, and when you've stood... Continue to stand. He says, withstand. There, there's three different ways, three different places he talks about standing your ground. And so it's important that we understand that, understand that we need to stand. So there is a, there's a part that we play. And here, Jairus played a part, is he heard, he, he, Jesus was in that area, had been ministering in that area. There's no doubt he had seen the crowds, might have even known some of the people that he was healing. He, he knew that there was something, uh, God was involved. There was something there that was beyond what he had experienced or could access and attain on his own. So he made that choice and that decision. So he, but he came to Jesus with a very specific prayer, you could say, a very specific request and he made it very plain. The only thing that was unclear was whether or not it was Jesus' will. He said, come lay your hand, come, meaning to my house where my daughter is. So he was specific in, in that approach. He said, lay your hands on her. So it wasn't just say, say a prayer. There was other places where Jesus just spoke. Jesus said a word. He, he, he sent his word and he didn't even go. And, and things were changed. But here he said, lay your hands on her that she may be healed. So she was sick at the point of death. But then, then, he, then he carried that further and he said, so that she will live. So he, he, he put the, the way that he was coming to Jesus, not to tell Jesus how he had to do it, but he was demonstrating what he had faith to believe. What he, what he had seen and what he, he comprehended as a way that he could get the end result uh, of tapping into that power. See, he came to Jesus with something very specific, not telling Jesus how to do it, but telling Jesus, this is what I can believe for. This is where my faith is. See, I think sometimes we approach things from a, a position of somebody else's uh, experience. Testimonies are great, but you can't, you can't tap into the power of God through somebody else's experience unless you receive that same revelation and it becomes yours. I talk about that where preaching is concerned. You know, you can preach somebody else's material. That's fine as long as it becomes yours. You know, all preachers do a little bit of that. We all kind of do, do a little bit of using somebody else's material. Uh, you know, we, the, the saying I heard a guy say one time, he said, you know, the first time I use somebody else's sermon, I'll say, you know, old so-and-so says. And he said, the second time I preach that, that uh, it's uh, I always say, or uh, I've heard a guy say, don't give me max credit. And then the next time you, you preach, the third time you preach, you just say, as I always say. Well, see, it's kind of a joke, standing joke, I mean, or, or a thought among ministers and preachers, you know, just like we do in other areas of life. I mean, you gain experience from, 
from being around other people and learning from other people. And pretty soon, though, what what uh, it, when you master it or it becomes yours, you begin it begins to be the natural thing that you do. It's no longer you can still give credit to where it came from, but it's yours. You own it. It's 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 yours. And that's where he had to come from. He came from that position of you know what I've heard. I can believe it if Jesus actually does this. This is the thing I've based my head. He's laid hands on people and I've seen eyes open. I've seen people raised up. I've seen things change. And even death can't stop this man, this man Jesus, if I can get here. He's, he's defined his faith. But now here's what happened as he was going, and we're not going to read the story of the woman with the issue of blood. We're going to skip through that. But in the process of, of Jesus going, the woman with the issue of blood, the woman touched the hem of his garment. She was healed. But notice here in verse 35, while they were speaking, so he was dealing with the woman. There was a crowd of people around him. He's headed there. Some came, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? So here's where we get into the, the stand your ground part. Because, see, sometimes we begin to pray for something. It's not just healing. I, I mean, I, I tell the story about how I didn't always feel saved. I had to stand my ground. What, did God, what does God say? In fact, Tuesday night I challenged him. I said, you're not saved. I said, you're not saved. You aren't saved. Now, now see, when I say that, some of you, you're sitting there, you're like, what are you, What? See, you better, you, you should be bowing up. You know, you should be resisting. You should be, uh-uh, I am too. Well, I've seen, I've seen the way you act. I know what you think. I heard what you said. What's that got to do with anything? Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't follow God in good works. I'm not saying we shouldn't walk different. I'm not saying we should be able to differentiate us from the world. Those are all perfectly good things. But what do I settle my decision to believe on? God said that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things passed away, all things become new. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. So I'm going to settle my faith on not what I feel, but I'm going to stand my ground. See, because the devil will love, especially if you're a new Christian, the devil will love to come against you and say, you can't do that. You don't deserve that. You're not good enough for that. He'll beat us down if he can, unless we stand our ground. Now, this Jairus had an opportunity to either give up right here or stand his ground. And Jesus told him what to do in verse 36. He said, as soon as Jesus heard that, what, what was spoken, he said. Now, I get a little loud right here because, man, this is, this is where the rubber meets the road. See, because Jesus is speaking into your life. He's, he's uh, the Word of God has already spoken. If you're in that position of faith, if you've already set your prayer, your faith, your believing on something, it has to be or needs to be on, the, on something God's said. But it's more than just that what He said. It's, it's what He revealed and what we received through that revelation. What is that promise? See, what are we believing for? The reason we tithe is not because we want to impress people. You know, if, if we did that, we'd have you all come up here and show off your check or your cash or your, we're going to remain 
using cash. If I have any, you know, as much as we can. Now, uh, but but we we would we would we would have a we would have it posted every week. Here's how much you gave. But see, we don't we tr we do it not because for the rewards of men and people. We do it for the for the trust that we have in God. God, you said that you'd provide our need, and you said that if we give, it'll be given to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You said that you would meet all our need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That means doing things God's way. So you, we trust God. We walk in those things of God. See, but we have to stand our ground because there's always opposition to that. See, I can say, I'm blessed. Thank God I'm blessed. Thank God I'm blessed. And then my transmission on my pickup goes out. I don't feel very blessed. Man, every time I just get ahead, $3,800. Yeah, transmissions aren't cheap for a pickup, for a one-time pickup. Well, you know, you say, oh. well, see, my God supplies all my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I didn't get to drive it. Sue wouldn't, wouldn't ride in it, but I, I got the old 96 Dodge with 220,000 miles and a bear conditioner that barely works. And, it, and it's, 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 I cleaned on it for about three hours just so we could get in it. I mean, it, it never left the ranch. It sat up there. I hardly ever used it. But I'm driving the old white Dodge. Uh, Ty, you'll feel sorry for me because he, he used to have to drive that last summer when he was helping me. Uh, but see, we, we can, I can drive that old thing. I drove it around town yesterday. It is ugly. It has got taillights just barely covered. I got duct tape. I got, I got black now. I, I, I went ahead and used some black uh, uh, tape on there. And you know what? You say, well, you, you don't look very blessed. Oh, yeah, I'm blessed. Because, see, God's supplying the need. That's a temporary thing. You either stand your ground and hold, on, hold fast to God's Word, or, or, you, or you turn loose of it and, and lose what, and allow the devil to steal from you. See, because Jesus said immediately... He heard the word that was spoken. And he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. See, when, when God speaks, I'm going to tell you what, when you, especially when we set our faith for something, there will be times, it may not happen every time, and it may not happen immediately, but there will be opposition to what you're believing God to, for. The first time you begin to tithe, you probably will have a trend. I don't want to send you on a bad road and a bad thought, but there will be opposition. There may be change. But see, here's the thing. What does, what does James say? The, the working of your, the trial of your faith produces patience or the ability to endure to stand your ground. See, it's not, it doesn't always, everything doesn't just, in easy, but in those times of challenge, that's when we can grow the most. And I'll tell you what, after you come through some of those things, see, see I remember when, when Sue and I set out to, to follow God and trust God, I mean, man, there were times when we didn't know how in the world. I mean, I've told some of the stories, but I mean, uh, the, the, when we were in Tulsa and, and, and we went through that little transition, uh, that was a huge time. We didn't know where the next, I mean, we, we never went without a meal. Sometimes we didn't get to buy what we wanted, but uh, thank God, we, we, God carried us through those things. And so God provides. Now, so the challenge, I'm using finances a little bit, but here he says, the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid. So the first thing he told him to do, don't let your emotions control you. 
See, fear is an emotion. Fear is an emotional response to something else. What, what could be another uh, type of emotion that could rob us or cause us to falter? Anxiety, fear, worry would all be within that. But what about envy? What about pride? What about uh, anything that would rob us or keep us from being obedient to God? See, because what would fear do? Fear would get, cause him to give up on, on what he had. Give, give up on what he, what he prayed for. But see, remember, he said, Lord, he said, Jesus, if you'll come, lay your hands on her, she'll be healed. Oh yeah, and she'll live. Well, if she's going to be healed and she wasn't dead yet, why would, she need, why would he need to say that? Well, I don't even know if he really realized what he was saying, but he was setting the end result will be life for my daughter. Now, if he understood how this process worked, he wouldn't have had to stand. His, I mean, Jesus wouldn't have spoken those words or said anything uh, uh, to him at that point. But he said, do not be afraid. And, and then he, he, he used the word only. That eliminates everything else. Only believe. So, so that means we, we, must, uh, we need to set our faith and stand our ground when we're believing God. See, there's times. Now, I can, I'm teaching on Tuesday night uh, 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 the topic, uh, sermon title, Faith and Patience. Faith and Patience. See, it takes the ability to endure. It takes patience to stand our ground because how, how many of you know that sometimes when you determined to only believe, and it takes a while, it gets difficult. Sometimes, I mean, we have stood our ground and, and held fast and stood, and, and sometimes stood for a long time. And the temptation is to give up or help God out. I've helped God out a few times, you know. You know, we, we, I remember, you know, several times where I went ahead and bought something that I didn't really need or didn't really should have waited on or, or went ahead and, and pushed through and, and done something ahead of God's timing. I was talking to uh, Cade yesterday and we were just talking about he's, you know, getting into the senior year of college. You're, you know, he's got a, a good job offer and, and he's starting this new job. And there's just a lot of things he's in. He's in that transition time where, you know, there's you're just there's a lot of things up in the air. And then, of course, you know, he's looking at ministry stuff and, you know, where am I going to be? I, I want to know. And, and he wasn't really overwhelmed with this or necessarily emphasizing this all that much. But yet it's a process. Well, think about this. I said, if we can learn to be in God's pace. See, that's something that God's shown me, and I've never used that term before. But over the last few weeks, to using that, that thought, that mindset of staying in God's, in step with Him, but staying at His pace. I, we all want it now. We all want it fast. We want to. We want to get there. Uh, or, or sometimes we we want things to extend out. We just want to stay right here where it's comfortable. But see, remember what the children of Israel did when they came out of the promised land, and when they were or headed to the promised land, and when they left Egypt, Moses and 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 they just determined God. God led them by a pillar of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. And, and they just determined, God, if you leave, we're leaving. If you don't, we're not. In other words, we're going to stay right here with you. We're going to follow you. So staying in pace with God, that's part of that whole process of learning how to stand our ground. Because sometimes we pray and nothing changes. Sometimes we pray and things 
seemed to get worse. That's why it's important that we got to learn to stand our ground. He said, only believe. And then it goes on, and, and he, he said he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. He heard all the commotion, everybody weeping and wailing and crying out, and he, he put run them all out, and he kept the voices that would stand with him. He kept the one, the, the father and mother, and he held fast to those. He shut off all the other voices. Listen, if every time you turn on the TV, you get into fear, then maybe you don't need to turn on the TV. If every time, you, or, or be like me, every time you turn it on, you get aggravated, mad, Sue will say, you're getting wound up. So, uh, uh, but, but we need to be careful of the voices in all seriousness. See, uh, you, you can, uh, that's one of the reasons you'll notice, I mean, I, whenever I, I, whenever soon I deal with something, like big time, I don't necessarily, I want you to pray, I want those that will pray to pray, but I don't necessarily just throw that out there to the whole world. Uh, I, I want those that will pray to pray. I don't need everybody to go, oh, I knew somebody who had that and it was not good. You know, oh, you know, I, I don't need that. I don't need that response. See, that, that was the response of all those that, that were not close, and Jesus shut those voices out. See, the Bible doesn't say, well, if you can get 100 people praying, you'll get, you'll get healed. No, the Bible says we're two or more gathered in my name there I am in the midst, and two or more agree concerning anything they ask, it shall be done for them but for the Father in heaven. It really doesn't take a, a, a large amount. I, I use the, uh, where, where healing was concerned, you know, when, when Kenzie was, uh, or Kelsey, sorry, our first baby was just first born, she had that one hip, and I've probably told the story before, but you can hear it again. I had the one hip that wasn't developed, and so they did a little flex thing when the first, babies are first born, you know, and they're in the, right after the, uh, uh, right there in the beginning. And so it wasn't, it wasn't developed, and so they, they said, okay, well, you know, it's not a big deal. She'll probably just wear a brace for the first year, this deal that holds her hip in place and all this, and I'm like, uh, no. Don't like that. Don't want that. Uh, but anyway, you know, as parents, you know, you don't you don't want to deal with it. Well, God spoke to us, and they took X-rays, and they, then they then they sent us down to to prove what what the deal was. They were concerned. They did X-rays? It showed that hip. I mean, that ball sock's just sitting there, and the pelvic uh, part of it was not formed yet. wasn't wasn't there, and so uh, they sent us down to Children's two weeks for before we could get down there, and so we uh, soon I just. Determined, you know, we we were had believed God uh, and spent that time in the Word and spent time in trusting for her to even get pregnant in the first place. And so this child had been prayed for all the way through, and so uh, to to being born. And uh, so we just stood our ground because we'd already spoken the Word, we'd already believed the Word that she'll be whole, that she'll be healthy and whole. And uh, in every way, and and so we weren't going to give that ground, and so we we caught hands over her over that bassinet. We prayed together, just she and I. We didn't tell anybody, and then we went down there that that we had prayed that what was we knew what was going on. I don't even know if they, we even told anybody that they even took X-rays or anything, and and we went down to there, and they come in the. Uh, uh, little room there in Children's Hospital. I remember it like it was yesterday, and the doctor came in and goes, I don't really know why you guys are down here. And he pops those uh, x-rays up on the screen and showed exactly that hip being perfectly formed, and everything was just fine. 
Now, see, we, we stood our ground. Now, we had already prayed. We had already set those things. Now, we could have given it up because the doctor said something, or we stand our ground. God, what do you say? See, he said, Jesus spoke. And that's key. Jesus spoke. Now, when we're faced with an opposition or we're faced with a challenge like these things, we need to ask ourselves, God, what do you say in your word? What do you say in your word? Now, as I, um, I have said for a lot of years, God, I thank you and I praise that we walk in divine health, that, that Lord God, you provide health and healing and wholeness for our bodies, and it will, uh, sickness and disease has no place in us. And so we stand on the covenant promises, the provisions of, of those of healing and health. And so uh, we want to continue to ask ourselves, if you're in that place of, of physical challenge, God, what does your word say? And uh, we've got to trust him. So he says, do not be afraid, only believe. And then he goes in and obviously lays hands on her and, and, uh, and heals uh, her, raises her up. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. And let's ask ourselves uh, and, and look at what the Word of God provides on how do we stand our ground. Now, we can talk about healing. We can talk about and health. And listen, I just want you to understand and know there are a lot of different ways. And I've been teaching on this on, uh, throughout this last week. Uh, but understand there's different ways that we receive. You start talking about healing and, and talk, talking about uh, things that, that God does. Uh, sometimes people backtrack, or, or not backtrack, but pull back because that we've all, I'm sure, prayed and had things not go exactly as we prayed. And so we begin to, we begin to, 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 to struggle in those areas. So always remember that we want to take the Word of God and we want to ask ourselves, what can I believe for? That's why whenever we get ready to pray for a need, I typically ask you, what are you believing for? What are we praying for? Somebody comes up, you know, for prayer or, or they call us and, and, and they say, here's a, a health condition. Uh, we got this issue. What are, what are you praying for? That the surgery goes well? Are you praying for, uh, you know, supernatural healing? Are you praying for miracles? What, I mean, you know, what are you believing for? Because we want to pray together in unity on where your faith is. See, I can ask you, uh, I, I know what we all want. We all want just a miracle, right? We, we don't want to have to go through any treatments. We don't want to ever go through any uh, surgeries. I don't know. Does anybody like surgery? No. Uh, we, we'd rather not even need a doctor. We want everything to go perfectly smooth. But my challenge to us is, is okay, so what have I developed as faith for my place of standing there? It, it, we can say what we want, but then what do we have faith for? See, we need to get, first of all, uh, uh, verse 10 of uh, Ephesians chapter 6 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. So we need to ask ourselves, Lord, what is your will? What is your strength? What did you say concerning the thing that I'm praying for? You know, there's certain things in the Scripture to me that are very clear that I have a, a promise on. You know, that's why we use the illustration of finances so much. It's easy to illustrate. You know, Bible says give and you'll receive. And, and it's usually easy to see in our lives if we give God credit for it, all the ways that He blesses us. You know, it, the, the thing that we have to get straight is, is the different ways that God produces that in our lives. 
He doesn't produce. Uh, I, I, I think it would be really cool. I've been I've been waiting for this to just you know walk outside one morning and there's just hundred dollar bills all over my yard like leaves in the fall. And I haven't really been waiting on that. But you know, wouldn't that be cool? I mean, if if you just give a tithe and it happened just like just like Culver uh, every 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 time, wouldn't that just be wouldn't that just be the coolest thing if we could just give a dollar and get twelve back for every dollar, man? I mean, some of us would be, we'd be doing really good if we could get that return exactly like that or even greater. Every time the same way. But here's what I've found. God supplies to us in so many different ways. And so we have to be careful not to, not to uh, try to manufacture how God's going to do it. I used to, uh, I remember one time I was believing God for a boat. And that we didn't have any money to be buying a boat. I mean, we could have borrowed money, but we didn't want to borrow money. Well, I, I would have been willing. Sue didn't want to borrow money for a boat. And so, uh, and, and there's times I let her win, and uh, sometimes she just wins. I mean, you know, she's just right. But uh, anyway, I'm just having fun with that. But I'm believing God for this boat, and God, and I, I say, God, I want, I want to use the principles of the Word of God to meet my need. And you say, well, that's, you know, you don't need a boat. Yeah, I did. I really did. I was, I was working at church full-time at that time. I, I had no escape, no way to get out and just ease my mind. and just. Plus, I would take men, after I got out, I'd take men out that, and, and fish, the guys that didn't have boats and stuff. We were right there on Great Lake. I mean, I drove past three boat ramps between my house and, and the church, for crying out loud. You need a boat if you're, I mean, wow. So anyway, I, get, I, 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 went to, I was believing God for this boat. And you know, what I did before, and God's teaching through this whole thing. See, if I would have just gave my, and it ended up being a $20 seed that I planted that, I, that, that produced that boat, and I can tell the whole story, and it was very, very clear how it all came. But God was doing that in a way that taught me to trust Him. See, it wasn't the, the fact that I got the boat that was the exciting thing. It was the process of being able to believe God to provide something where I had nothing to do with it except obey. See, where the provisions of God are concerned, we need to ask ourselves, what am I praying for? And ha has it come from the, the direction of God, the, the, the instruction of God? The, has it, is it based on the uh, scriptural basis on the Word of God? Am I keeping it in context? And, and is, what's the benefit for me to have the answer to my prayer? And so I'm allowing God to shape that. So what I began to do is I began to... He taught me the, to pray for and, and believe for and to uh, make clear what it is that I desire. See, sometimes we pray so vague that we wouldn't know if God answered it or not. See, but when we, when we determine that we're going to be obedient, then we can, then we can allow God to begin to shape us and, and, into the, and, doing, and doing it His way. So what God, I began to drive around. Of course, we were over in a, a lake area, so uh, right there on Dardanelle Reservoir is when I, we lived in Russellville, Arkansas. And, and I mean, boats all over the place. I mean, you, you know, especially when you're driving down the, the right there where I was uh, driving by that lake every day. And so I'd see boats all the time. And so I, I, I began to notice boats. And it, it took a while before, you know, I, I really uh, 
you know, I was just praying about this. It wasn't a great driving desire. It was just like, God, I'd like to have a boat. So I, I was like, God, use this to teach me. So I began to, to, to define what I could believe for. So this is why I use that example of, of Jairus. Jairus had seen Jesus at work. He knew what he was capable of, and he knew what he could believe for. So he asked within the realm of what he could believe. And, and so he shaped over time that prayer, that request, that, that, that asking. And what he had to do was when it was challenged, he had to maintain it. But remember, Jesus said, only believe. Only believe in what? What you've already prayed, what you've already set your heart for. See, I began to, as, as I'd see a boat, and I'd go, you know, I'd see some, you know, like tournament bass boat. I was wanting a bass boat. I just wanted to fish, you know. And so I was, I was believing for this. And, and I mean, there'd be some boat, you know, at that time they were $20,000 boats. Well, man, I, you know. I needed that about like I needed another hole in my head. I mean, I didn't need a, I didn't need a twenty thousand dollar bass boat. I mean, if I'd have got that, it would have made me sell it and pay something off. Now, I would have wanted to do that. We would have we would we didn't want that much money tied up in something that 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 was not that wasn't even necessary. But I began to go back, and, and I'd see a, a little cheaper boat, and I'd see then I'd see some junk boats, and I was like, oh no, God, I want you know I I need I need more than that. I don't want other guys to be embarrassed to go with me. You know, I mean, let's, let's, let's be real. You know, I mean, I want, to, I want to be able to minister with this. I want something that will run. I don't want to get out on a lake and it's dying. It's an old piece of junk. But I began to look at all these different ones. See, now I'm, I'm telling this story, but, but you see, sometimes we go, go to God with so, such vague things that we haven't produced. We haven't, we haven't defined, God, this is how I'm going to trust you. Now, see, where that boat's concerned, I finally got down to where I could see one. I'd say, yeah, that'd work. Yeah, that, yeah, nope, too much, too little, just right. Kind of feel like the girl with the porridge thing. Uh, anyway, uh, just right. Now, the reason that that's amazing is I've been asking God for, for that boat, praying for that boat for quite some time. But it's amazing until I had it defined what I could believe for. I had the image of it on the inside. It was difficult for God to answer that prayer. But then God spoke. Then in an, a special offering we were having for the, uh, uh, actually a tornado relief for back here in Oklahoma, uh, it was the seed that we sowed, that the pastor said, you know, uh, called a special offering, and I had, I had that $20 tucked back in my, I hardly ever carried any cash at that time, uh, and, and I had that $20 set back. And, and I, I gave that offering. And I said, Lord, I, and I just knew I was sowing that seed. Well, it was like three days. And a guy calls me. He says, are you in the market for a boat? And I went, oh, not really because I don't have any money. But I didn't tell him that. I said, well, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm wanting a boat. And anyway, the short, shorts of that is, is it was exactly what I had been believing for, what I'd been able to believe for. So let me ask you something. Where, where the Word of God is concerned and where your prayer, our prayer requests are, are we at times unclear and unsettled? See, I think sometimes we're just praying for God to fix the problem when we don't really understand how to, what, what it is that, that He would direct us in. See, and He'll teach us in how to grow, in how to formulate our prayers, how to make our requests. We make our requests then according to the faith that we have, according to what we can believe for. So where, where uh, 
physical things are concerned, then we begin to pray, God, uh, to, to teach us where standing our ground is concerned or what His promise is. That's why I ask people sometimes, I say, well, what are we praying for? What are we believing for? And they're going into surgery. I say, well, they're believing for, um, you know, the surgery to go well. Believing against infection, but believing against uh, complications, believing or guiding the doctor's hands. And those are all perfectly good and, 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 and great. But define those things and, and shape them based on the Word of God. Allow the Word of God to begin to work. So uh, let's look at uh, the rest of this next verse here. He says, be, well, back at verse 10 again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. See, Jairus was strong in, in, in the power of what he knew Jesus could do while he was physically in the earth. He, he was powerful in and understood where Jesus was concerned, what He was able to do for him. He made that request within what he knew Jesus could do, what he could see Jesus doing, the only thing he lacked was the willingness of Jesus to do it. See, when we look at the Word of God, and I think that's a very important, when we start formulating a prayer before God, God, what is your will for me? What is your will concerning this, this circumstance and this situation? He defined it. And because He defined it, because He was in the presence of the Lord Jesus, because He knew He was able, once He knew it was His will to do it, He was strong in the Lord. He was strong in the, in the presence. He's standing right next to Jesus. Jesus is on His way to do what He knew He could do, what He now had demonstrated His willingness to do. And then when He was challenged, when it was challenged, what did Jesus do? Jesus turned to Him and said, only believe. Do not be afraid. See, when we go before the Lord in prayer, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. See, when we've learned what it is that God's able to do, what He's willing to do, we've spent the time so that He's shaped it to be in us, then there's a might uh, along with that, the power of God available to us that enables us to hold fast to that prayer and not turn it loose to stand our ground. See, because there's all, there will be opposition to what we're believing for. There'll be opposition to, to uh, what we desire. He goes on there and he says, put on the whole armor of God, in verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That, that word stand means to, to hold your ground. And we're not going to get into it this week. We'll get into it next week. But on, and the, the, the armor of God demonstrates, he used the illustration of a Roman soldier having all the protection against the, the, the arrows and the, and the swords and the weapons that would come against him. He had all the ability to withstand or to stand his ground. But let me ask you something. What have you determined as your ground? You know, if you're going to stand your ground, you need to know what you're standing in or standing for. That's where going and knowing the Word of God is concerned. That's why we teach every, every Sunday about the offering. We don't just say, hey, give at the back. 
or give online. We say, no, here's a, a principle from God's Word because we want to stir your faith. Here's the ground we want to stand in. That I, I just love the fact that, that our church ha, has continued to be strong financially and you have continued to be strong financially. As far as I know, everybody has, has managed through this pandemic time because, and, and your jobs have stayed intact. Your income has continued to, to be stable. That there's been ways that God has met your needs. There have been challenges, I'm sure. But God's met all those needs because we've established our ground. Our ground is that if we give, it'll be given to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Our, our ground is financially that way. Our ground where health is concerned. Our ground where peace is concerned. Our ground where, where freedom from fear is concerned. What, what's the ground that we're going to stand in? So I just challenge you as you consider the needs that you have, consider the, the promises of God and know this word as we do, we'll, we'll begin to develop the ground we're in. Then we can keep the enemy from taking it from us. Keep the enemy from taking it from us. Well, as we close today, I just want to pray for you that, that you'll begin to allow God to direct you in uh, continuing to, to hold that fast that ground. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you, and we just thank you and praise you that you give us the strength to stand. That like that uh, Ephesians 6, 10 says, that finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. That we be able to withstand the wiles, the tactics of the devil. And Father, I thank you and I praise you that the, if there's anybody listening that's uh, under attack, that's that's feels as if they're losing ground in areas of their life, then Father, I pray that they'd be able to withstand by the might and the power of God, that they'd be able to take the weapons of our warfare. They'll be able to stand in the Scripture, stand on the Word of God, and enable them to have those things. That Father, but Father God, if they're not yet settled. On, on what that ground is, how the, how the promises are speaking into their lives and what they're to stand in. Lord, I pray that you'd continue to grow us in those things, that you'd help us to develop the ability to know what is your will, what is your uh, heart, what is your desire, and what do, have you made available to us. So, Lord God, we just praise you. We thank you for that word. In Jesus' name, amen.